Some great walks. Some great walks. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 366 of Video Games Hot Dog. <clears throat> the one where I have a frog in my throat. We're about we're video games. Two thirds of the way to the number of the beast, because that's how fractions work. <laughs> because it's three hundred thirty-three plus thirty-three. That's, <laughs> huh. it's, yeah. Um, hmm. It's like Zeno's paradox of of uh, reaching damnation. Sure. Do you think Zeno's in hell? Well, he's probably, been dead. He, he could never time. get there. He's probably a blasphemer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It turns out there's nothing but purgatory because specifically of his paradox. Right. I don't know. Do you think God could create a distance so short that even he could never get there because he would have to keep going halfway from yeah. where he was to there? Each each good intention is half as good as the previous one. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, how's uh, the South Island of Z- New Zealand treating you? Have you met any vampires? And have they explained to you what they do in the shadows? No, I have not actually. I've not been looking for any, but uh, maybe that's maybe that's my problem. Uh, it's the South Island is incredibly beautiful. Uh, the North Island was was very beautiful, but the South Island is remarkably beautiful. Uh, so I've mostly been taking do photographs. They, do they feud with each other about which one's more, be- more beautiful? I don't know. I feel like everyone, or do they like all the all the better people or the richer people? I should say. <laughs> Live on the South Island. <laughs> Everyone told me that the South Island was more was more pretty, and I was having a hard time imagining that because the North Island was just gorgeous. Right. And then I got here, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I guess they're right." Weird. Um, the, the South Island also has some of the like w- just r- ridiculous terrain that, like, the, I guess the, you, you guys have seen the like Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit movies and stuff. Those are basically just a weird long, like a uh, travel, like brochures for New Zealand because almost all the terrain there is is from the north or the South Island. Yeah, and, it's uh, like wildly varied. Yeah, wow. right. <laughs> and it's not that much space. Like it's it's not a huge island. You can or the huge space you can drive. You could probably figure out a way to drive from from the north end to, of the North Island to the south end of the South Island in maybe thirty hours. There's a you'd have to take a ferry in between. Um, so, so like, screw the eagles. Why didn't Frodo just take a jeep to Mordor? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, is there an active volcano as well? There are several volcanic areas that are. Wow, geothermally, it go, like things are going on geothermally. I don't know if there's any like active lava flows. Uh, in sure, that's that's. Are know, there any uh, networks of of caverns with ancient civilizations uh, in them, uh, having mined and then been taken over by goblins? Almost. Uh, there's there's a bunch of huge <coughs> huge cavern complexes. There's some cool cavern complexes with the with glow worms in them. Um, which are like, Oh yeah. Did you go to that? I went to, I went to a couple of different glowworm locations. Uh, there's like a sort of a big one in a place called Waitomo. Um, so which what, we went what to. exactly do you mean when you say glowworms here? Glowworms are the, I think the larval stage of some kind of 
fly um and oh, they actual worms okay i thought you were talking about some kind of weird lava tube kind of thing or something no they're they're like little insect things they affix themselves to the mostly to the ceilings of like cave systems and they use their like glowing little end like butt end to um attract uh food to them and they have like a little sticky thread that stuff gets caught in um and then they suck it up and eat it um and there's just giant colonies of them i like those enemies in half-life and so if you go down there when it's pitch black it it just looks like a, a almost like a night sky which i think is part of the illusion like insects think that they're outside and they try to fly up and they get caught in the hmm. in the sticky sticky strings um I had assumed that glowworms were a manufacturing defect for gummy worms, and when too many of them had piled up at the Haribo Corporation, they had to find a dumping site for them. And they decided to dump them on the ceiling of a cave in New Zealand. <laughs> right. I thought, I thought you were going to... Because they had also produced too much glue and, and uh, trampolines. I don't know. I thought you were going to say that they had gotten so massive that they collapsed into like a like a small star or something and that's how the universe was born uh did you there was a, an article that's been going around about uh i think it was on in the new yorker about the an archaeological dig where they like the the person in charge thinks that they found remnants from like the hours after the meteor hit the yeah the sort of caught, caused the end of dinosaurs that sounds pretty cool. If it's if it's real, what uh, what were the what were the highlights of it of the articles? Like, just it was all dinosaurs making like loud screaming oh shit faces. And <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like one it's of just, them had written out with a claw that said "we're fucked." Or <laughs> so part. Well, of the, it said "we're fu," and then it kind of trailed off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the. Uh, Part of it was that there there were a lot of the like I think tectites is that the is that the right term where it's like lots of little bits of debris from the meteorite that sort of got kicked up into the atmosphere and were settling down sort of all across the planet in a giant like ash cloud basically were sort of scattered all over the place and then there were just tremendous numbers of creatures that were all just sort of like ripped into pieces and like deposited here in sort of interesting way. So who knows? And it's all, it's like a mix of stuff that, um, is that there's like a lot of sea stuff mixed with land stuff all at the same time, because there was a giant tidal wave basically that mm. drew a bunch of stuff in far, pretty far it's inland. surf and turf. Yeah, exactly. So if, a, if, if tectite is, is a layer of, of rock that's left from a volcanic outflow is an octa rock when <laughs> there's like eight rocks that fly out of a volcano at the same time Probably. and are found yep. in the same spot. Yep. And, a, and a lever is what's there after the volcano's done yeah. <laughs> erupting. And um, a pea hat is... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, after after if lava cools, there's games, all you have is yeah, a dark yeah, nut. We can't, okay. we can't make these jokes. <laughs> yes, that's true. It burns all the nuts off of the trees, and the ones that aren't completely vaporized become dark oh. nuts. Yep. And the like like is the creature that's just totally okay with all of this. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It only uh, like likes mountains. How how are things back in the good old U.S. of A? Uh, they're pretty good here. Uh, it nothing real remarkable has happened. 
uh, in the last week. It's only been a week since we recorded. That's yeah. sort of unusual for us lately. Um, I feel like we're getting back in good. the groove. Been, yeah, hopefully we're working on Thursdays. Hopefully we'll be be doing this more regularly when when all the travel is done. Which is when hey, is Jim it? wanted to postpone recording next week, which would uh, postpone it until after you're in town. So maybe you can actually be on episode 367. That would be great. I'd be down, down in real time, in person. Oh, and then, man, and then there's going to be one week where we're all four in town. Oh yeah, we'll have to figure out how to do a. We'll have to figure out how to do a four four bagger. Weird. Can we all four of us fit in there? Uh, no. We'll have to find you a new Riff, chair. If you're going to have to sit outside the booth and <laughs> Skype in. Oh no. <laughs> Yours was funnier than me just answering the question literally and thinking about whether we had like a folding chair or something that we could. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could get a second room and we could construct it before Riff arrives so that he can. Uh, oh, yeah. Still have the studio experience, but but still also have the remote call in experience. Oh, I thought you were saying get a second whisper room. Like we could just keep buying whisper yeah. rooms until we're bankrupt. Oh, I did. I did mean that. A, a, are there are do they sell like whisper tubes? Could we make like a a podcaster habit trail? Ooh. <laughs> We'd have to get some with multiple doors. Anyway, how are things in Portland, Riff? Uh, they're fine. Uh weather's weather's pretty nice. Uh, oh, by pretty nice, and what does that mean? When you say pretty mean? nice, do you mean it's like shitty and rainy? Yeah, uh, like like not not cold, but not yet hot, and and the rain has uh, there's like a little bit of rain once in a while, but not like rainy, rainy, you know, like an occasional <laughs> drizzle. Okay, that, that's the way I like it. I'm trying to think if I've like seen any. I watched Bone Tomahawk. That was a that was a pretty good movie. What is that? It's a Western by a guy named S. Craig Zoller, who is turning out to be more and more problematic of a filmmaker, I think. But uh, it's got Kurt Russell and uh, a lot of very uh, grisly violence. Okay. There's like a nearly supernatural element to the villains. Not quite. There's a tomahawk made of bone. I was wondering where and that some came grievous from. acts are committed with it, oh. like a helicopter. Yeah. Do they spell out the name of the movie with the tomahawk? <laughs> yeah, with severed fingers. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, nothing else has happened in my life. I've just been working and making uh, little electronic things for a thing we're doing for Zapcon. Oh yeah, I saw a cool box with sort of teeth with an Arduino in it. The teeth are all on the bottom jaw, though. They can't. Oh. They're not. Uh, they're yeah, they're not also not. They don't also, face each other. This so. one doesn't have an Arduino in it. This There are Arduinos near it. Okay, but the, the, that was the, probably my mistake. The puzzle that's built into this one does not require any any Arduinage. Mm. <laughs> um, I asked Polly Shore if we needed any Arduinage, and he said, nah. Has he been in any films recently? I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything in a long time but would like, you seek him out no but i also haven't heard of him being in anything in a long time but like also if once you get to that level of fame i feel like you've got as much work as you want doing small stuff from people who are like who think it would be cool to have you in their movie because they liked you as a kid if i made a movie i would want Polly shore and uh matthew lillard uh to have cameos in it yeah so i bet as each other <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah 
I, I think Lillard has the chops to play Shore. I don't know if I think Shore has the chops to play Lillard. But that's part of the fun. Yeah. Jim, do you want to be in my movie? Uh, can I play <laughs> Pauly Shore? We've got an all-star cast. Yeah, you can play Pauly Shore's long-lost twin brother. That will be a very confusing test of Matthew Lillard's acting skills. <laughs> because basically, it'll have to. we'll have to see how good Matthew Lillard is at pretending that you look like Matthew Lillard. Uh-huh. I... I recommend if you have a spare moment or two to look up Benedict Cumberbatch doing um, the voice of Smog and watch the like motion capture sessions. I think they're on YouTube somewhere because they're kind of mind blowing. Watching somebody sort of try did, to inhabit. Did he play Smog? He played Smog. In okay. Uh, it was. It's kind of incredible. I stopped watching the Hobbit movies before they got to Smaug. 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 Yeah. Are they worth watching? Uh, I, having spent more time in New Zealand, I was like very interested in seeing them. Um, We've, we have sort of gone through, we watched all the Hobbit movies on, on my laptop uh, while we were here. (laughs) So just to, because we were like, Hey, maybe we'll recognize some places, and we kind of we kind of do. I mean, we we recognized Hobbiton because we went there. Um, there's a cool map uh, at the Weta workshop that shows where all the the different scenes are filmed from like the different parts of New Zealand and stuff. Did you know someone who works for Weta or no? I just I just paid for a tour. Um, they, somebody like an employee uh-huh. takes you around. It's it, they don't really take you to the like active floor where they're actually making stuff because they probably like they can't show you what they're working on a lot of time because it's yeah, uh there's probably like nda stuff yeah which is that's too bad like i wish i would i could have just signed some sort of nda and gone in and seen the like the actual production floor or whatever but it was cool just sort of hanging out with somebody who who works there like the the guy that took us around uh, works in the painting department and he like paints a lot of props and stuff um yeah, I mean it's it's if you're a fan of the movies it's worth going. I don't know that if you if you aren't into if you aren't into the the films that Weta has made or filmmaking in general, I don't think it would be worth going. Do they have any props from Meet the Feebles? Uh they they had a poster up from Meet the Feebles. They did not have any props. They had they had a bunch of stuff from um like District 9 and the, the his was there movies. any dead alive stuff like I don't I don't know at what point it became Weta. It became Weta probably like four or five years into the like them starting to do the stuff, and then I don't know I don't know at what point um, that Peter Jackson gained an ownership stake in it. I, maybe it might have been early on, or it might have been after the like after the um, Lord of the Rings stuff. I'm not sure. Because I guess they've been doing Peter Jackson movies, even the even the old ones, for for a long, long time. Did you get to meet King Kong? Uh, I didn't. I got to see some some pictures. <laughs> I bet that movie was definitely also made in New Zealand, filmed in New Zealand. It's possible. There's yeah, a lot of they're like giant pits of bones. <laughs> I haven't seen any, but uh, but there probably are. It, it would not it's like a me. kaiju ossuary. <laughs> Is King Kong a kaiju? Uh, huh. I would say yes. Aren't all giant monsters kind of technically kaiju? I don't know. I don't know what kaiju means. I'm assuming Riff knows. I I I am not. I've never really been into kaiju stuff, so I actually don't know. It's an interesting hmm. question. 
Is there anything else? Like, are there any big, I don't know, like, the, is the Cardiff giant a kaiju? <laughs> uh, is, is Paul Bunyan a kaiju? Oh, man. <laughs> That's great. I, I don't know if a giant person counts, but his ox. Babe, the blue ox yeah, is a kaiju. Okay. Definitely a kaiju. Nessie yeah. would probably be a you kaiju. You know, a blue. Clifford the big red dog. Okay. It's <laughs> <is> a kaiju. <laughs> What's uh? What do they call it when uh, it's like a animal but really small? Teacup. <laughs> she be. <laughs> no, like the opposite. Like we're being invaded by this inch tall monster. Just one of them. I mean, I guess maybe they never made a movie about that because they didn't notice it happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's not not much. If you had like a thing. one, if there was a one like ten thousandth scale. United States with everything in it that the United States had in it, but it was in your kitchen. Hmm. Your kitchen is probably less than one ten thousandth of the size of the United States. So let's say, let's say there was an exact replica of the United States mm-hmm. and everything in it and all of its like military might, right. except it was like small enough to fit in your microwave. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do- oh yeah, nine 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 immediately. <laughs> do you think? Do you th- is that? Yeah, what would that even do? Is that nine minutes? Is that like 10 minutes and 39 seconds That's, if you type 999 into so a microwave? The microwaves that I've used, I've actually tried this because I was curious. If you put in like 180, it will go for one minute plus 80 seconds. Okay. Huh. So it turns into like the 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 hundreds column is uh, actually a minute counter, 100,000 100, turns into a multiple of 60 and then the 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 um ones and tens place turn into n- a number of seconds so it's this weird at least in the, in the implementations i've seen and tried it's a weird uh combination of um of decimal and um clock time yeah and like a like a there's never one where like you can't have a thing where you, the number goes up but the actual time of cooking goes down right it's not like a weird step function yeah, I don't I don't think that would ever happen. Cuz 160, 161, right? That's yeah. Well, no, 199 to 200 would be 200 would be less time. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, okay. That I knew I was I knew I was onto something. I'm yeah. just too stupid to figure out what it was. Anyway, my question was, do you think that they could like what would the like the United States's nuclear arsenal be capable of doing if it were, if the entire country were small enough to fit in your microwave. And, and they got really mad at you. Yeah. Well, they would be. <laughs> That's just, uh, yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> um, maybe they, they're mad at you because you've clearly like taken away their sovereignty. I mean, okay, here's a question. If, if we were in that tiny United States, if suddenly we woke up tomorrow morning and instead of the sky, there was just some asshole's microwave yeah. and that asshole opens up the microwave and their giant size of God head looks in and is like, honey, honey, did you bake a cookie shaped <laughs> like the United States with little airplanes flying all over it and stuff? But but that... Wouldn't that, you be that, mad at that guy? That Man. act of speaking we d- need, kills we need to sell millions to of people. We need Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. You know, like if we if we were invaded by aliens that were huge, and a nuclear missile just like was like, pew, you know, just didn't do anything to them at all. They'd probably sting. 
Like if a tiny nuclear war- warhead detonated like on your face. Yeah. It'd, it'd probably be, <laughs> yeah. it'd probably sting it'd probably be like, upsetting. Oh, shit, that kind of hurts. Yeah. It'd be at least as bad as a bee sting. <laughs> that seems about right. You yeah. think physics of this are like so hard to wrap my head around. Poison. I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out how, what this would be like. I mean, like yeah, that, because even like, even like, what happens if you fuse like one atom, right? Of, of, of whatever, right? It just yeah. releases a little bit of energy. It's the, it's the like cascade of thousands. Or Is it a little bit of energy? Of I thought it was like a atoms. lot of it. I thought, I thought that the amount of energy in one, the amount of energy in one atom is like. It's like, you know, it's like the mass multiplied by the speed of light squared, right? Isn't that what that is? Isn't that what E equals MC squared is? Sure. So, like, yeah, even right. a very tiny amount of mass is being multiplied by a gigantic number, you know? But sure, but that, know, the, mass the mass is, is also really equally, small. Equally infinitesimal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is, I was thinking, like, this would be a good question for Randall Monroe's What If series, but... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it actually makes enough sense to be a what if question. What if there was a tiny United States that was in my microwave? How how much would it hurt if they fired all of their nuclear warheads into my face? Right. How is that not a good question for that? Well, the the problem is, have the atoms, have the atoms of the tiny United States also shrunk proportionally so that yeah that's that's the question because right. like, what's how big and are I these think you would just have to is that possible i think you would just have to make an assumption about that and say yes and then calculate the size of the blast and then divide that by the uh the the proportion that it is shrunk from the real united states and but haven't you seen ant-man like you can get you can make people smaller than the in between atoms and stuff you know they're just there i haven't seen <laughs> ant-man so no you can't zach do they explain what he is made out of if he does that no because... he's still paul he's still paul rudd <laughs> <laughs> paul rudd all the way down yeah it's like the same principle that makes him not age also makes him not a uh, change in composition no matter how small he gets <laughs> they could also do it with what neil patrick harris i guess God, what a! What if they made like a realistic version of Ant Man, where when he shrunk down, the proportional shrinking of his brain made it so that he didn't have enough brain to do anything anymore. You think that would be the thing that would cause the most problems? That like it wasn't be like all of his limbs would fall apart. It, it, I, 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 I don't know. Actually, I wonder which which of those issues would be a problem for him first. It does feel weirdly like shrinking something is a thornier physics problem than like teleporting something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's because you are or it seems like you would have to um be destroying matter in order to shrink something because the 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 it, or at least the, putting unless it the mass for stays later. the same and yeah, I guess so. That's what teleportation would be, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe the way that shrinking something works is you just teleport half of it into like a closet somewhere where no one will see it. Yeah. Right. And then you replace a thing with half of that, yeah. half of itself. You have to promise Paul Rudd that you're not going to use the rest of his, his atoms to make lots of other tiny clo- clones of Paul Rudd. It's like we shrunk you into Atman and also made a million others of you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the prestige. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the sh- shrinking shrinking a human would demand like 
a seri- like a, a team of biological engineers figuring out like how do you make a human that operates roughly like it does at normal size uh but at these at these at these scales i think it would take like a team of biologists slash engineers probably a year to come up with a plan for this thing you think one year is enough for a sufficiently <laughs> well, uh, team? Let, let's say uh <laughs> a a team of biologists in a world where this sort of technology exists. Okay. <laughs> All right. So they've already they're able to shrink things. Yeah. But it takes a year to figure out how to shrink a person without that person just like dissolving into goo. Right. Okay. And and the result is definitely like a person that is just like way too stupid to function. So I know that like sometimes if you shake hands with like some big aggro guy, he'll squeeze your hand real hard uh, as a show of dominance, and that makes your hand smaller. Mm-hmm. Could you just get? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Could you just ha- get like a bunch of big, like <laughs> beefy frat guys to just squeeze your entire body? Oh sure. I think it it's just like... changes your hands aspect ratio. I don't mean to. <laughs> It's it's like those those suitcases that have the extra zipper that help you like compress the suitcase down to a smaller size. You just get like oh yeah, that, yeah. except yep. like a coffin <laughs> or a body bag with like an extra extra okay. zippers in it and just compress you. Or, or you could this is this is awful. You could just replace all of a guy's skin with like skin from other guys' dicks and then throw them in a cold <laughs> pool. Okay, all right. What? God. Uh, I, I, we don't need that team of engineers after all, Zach. <laughs> yes, I've solved it. You did it. <laughs> now we just need we need hundreds of people willing to <laughs> let their dick skin get removed and one guy willing to <laughs> Yeah, never mind. It's not practical. We'd have to <laughs> we'd have to bring back conscription. <laughs> <laughs> And see, I thought the show was going to be bad. <laughs> uh, hey, Kevin, have you been playing any video games? Oh, God. Um, no, actually. Uh, the only game I have played has been The Assignment. I haven't had a ton of uh, discretionary time, and The Assignment is so good that uh, I haven't wanted to play anything else. It's funny that you describe yourself as having no discretionary time when you are on a weeks-long vacation. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's weird. Uh, the days are just filled with like doing stuff, right? So like, I, what I, it, yeah, I have. I should sit I down like and vacation. try to like actually write out my thoughts because it's. I find myself really, really wanting to work more and feel like I I can't because it seems stupid to be here and not out doing all the cool things that are available to me that I won't get to potentially ever do again if i'm if i don't do them um yeah uh i feel like a travel vacation is something you do only if you want to work really hard for the time you're on it like it is in my experience a lot more work than actually working right yeah it's a different kind of effort for sure yeah sure yeah and a kind that i don't normally i mean Maybe maybe people with like real jobs have to think a lot about scheduling their time and you know the just the logistics of getting things done in specific time frames, but we almost never have to do any of that in our jobs. Right. It's true. Not day to day, at least, right? Like right. there are times we gotta get, you know, stuff going 
And also, when I say we don't have to do it, uh, it's because Kevin does it all for me. <laughs> uh, so I don't have to do it. I just get to develop new technologies for the government. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, so I have not Well, played, Riff, have, have you played. been playing any video games? Riff. Video games. Um, Riff. I played... I'm still playing a bunch of Bloodborne, and I also played a ton of The Assignment. Um I got a couple of other Avalon Hill board games, but I haven't really had the chance to delve into those yet, so that'll be for later episodes. Um, I think I think there is an iOS game. Yeah, there. Okay, yeah, there is. There's this one iOS game I played some of called Elo or Elo E L O H. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That like rhythm game with the tiki faces. Yeah. The backwards it's like hole. a like a like a laser puzzle, uh, reflecting l- reflecting the pellet gun pellets into their targets, and uh, with it's all tiki faces and uh, and the the pellets bouncing off of things make a cool sort of rhythm pattern. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's real pretty. It hasn't got I haven't got far enough for it to get real complicated yet. Uh, but it's it's a nice it's a nice one of that sort of thing. It it I'm never sure really does get all that complicated in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also played a. Li- oh, it's just whole whole backwards. Oh, you're yeah. right. Uh, I also played a little bit of that, Hitman Go, but we've talked about that one. That's a lot. that's something Kevin said earlier. Yeah, no, I and I, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand what he had said. I thought he was describing the visuals of the game as being like a reverse oh, hole, like entirely backwards, or? like a mountain. <laughs> is it? Hmm. Hmm. Is a mountain a reverse hole? Hmm. Well, like when you, when you see toothpaste that promises to reduce your cavities by 200%, <laughs> like clearly what that means is that they, they fill in the cavities and then put little bumps on your teeth where they... <laughs> the size and shape of the cavity. Ugh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you got to be careful <laughs> with that stuff. You just, you just brush, you just brush like half your teeth right. and it's fine. Yeah. I guess if you brush, if you like ignore the bottom row of teeth and just brush the top row of teeth that way, then the holes and and anti-holes will mesh together properly. <laughs> yeah, it makes you better at chewing yeah. uh, gristle. So what is it that you're supposed to... There's some song that you're supposed to sing to yourself in your head that makes it so you brush your teeth long enough, and I my initial thought was that it was happy birthday, but that's not very long at all. H- Halls of the Mountain King? <laughs> I... I don't I mean, know. <laughs> I've never heard of this. John John Cage is four thirty three. Well, you're, you're, canonically, you're supposed to brush your teeth for two minutes. I think there are probably a lot of songs that are two minutes long. Yeah, but there's oh, like yeah. one that you know that you're supposed to. Oh, or maybe it's like you're just supposed to sing happy happy birthday to each Hudson of the seven dwarves, <laughs> and that will tell us. Is it is it swing on right. a star? Is it? Yeah. Is it is it Mac tonight from that <laughs> McDonald's commercial? Because <laughs> I think those are only. Uh, well, I don't know if uh, if Chuck Woolery says we'll be back in two and two. Uh, how many commercials? So the, is each commercial thirty point five seconds? Maybe he just meant there were going to be four commercials. Hmm. 
I guess you could just sing that uh, Big Back McDLT, a quarter pounder with some cheese, filet of fish, a hamburger, or a cheeseburger, or a Happy Meal. Uh, McNuggets. Is that a song that you're, you're supposed to definitely know? Because I don't think I know that one. <clears throat> Salads, Fresher Garden, or a Chicken Salad Oriental. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> it was from a McDonald's commercial from the 80s. And I remember my dad buying a newspaper, and the, the newspaper came with a McDonald's a flyer that was a flat yeah. record. Yep. Whoa. Uh, Most records and he flat. would not let me he would not let me play well like a paper like a flexible record <laughs> like a printed material record. Uh and he would not let me put it in his good record player. And so I only ever listened to it by taping a needle to a paper cone and yes. putting a pencil through the hole in the thing. Mr. And wow. it. <laughs> yeah, it was he didn't have like a shitty turntable for the kids. I I think I eventually remembered that my mom had one of those little suitcase kids record players, and that. But I think by that point, that thing was so scratched up that it wouldn't play anymore. <laughs> From me playing it with a fucking sewing needle, <laughs> um, and I, playing it is really a stretch. It was like oh, some sound, listening to little parts of it. That I, that that medium is exciting to me. For exciting to me, the idea of like that you can just. I wonder if you could just like have, have a laser printer print something and then like, oh yeah, this kind of makes noise if you put it in your turntable. I thought you were going to ask if you could use a laser pointer to do the same thing with a CD. <laughs> yeah, so did I. But then when you said a laser printer, I thought, are you saying like, printing something out that you could then put in a CD player? Oh yeah, and, that's good. Because huh? it's not like, I mean, a CD player doesn't render bad data as static. It just doesn't render bad data right right there's no way to just get a cd my television if there's nothing in any of the inputs has like skeuomorphic static and noise what which i really bothers me like like the audio audio noise yes wow it's it makes me very angry (laughs) Like, that could have been anything. Why did you make it something that was unpleasant and at normal, played at normal volume? Oof. Yeah. It is. It has, like a, get it, like a get it together, like LG. No, that's, that's kind yeah. of awesome, though. <laughs> I, I think, I think visual, visual noise is, is fine, but like that, that's not a good sound. Oh, I like that sound. Yeah. Well, you can have it. I'll trade you. I'll trade you televisions when you come up here. I won't really. I don't know what kind of television you have, but I don't trust it. <laughs> Maybe they'll fix it in the patch. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, my television is constantly sending data about me back to the internet. What have you been playing, Jim? Uh, so I played a game. Well, let me make sure I've got it right. It's called Make Sure It's Closed. Okay. Uh, and it is a game that I think it's on itch. You play it in the browser. It's about a minute and a half long. Oh, yeah. I played this. You saw this? Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And it's uh, just a, a really short horror vignette about having a hard time closing your garage door. Hmm. Um. You're fixed in place, but you have sort of mouse look. Yeah. And your your one control other than looking around is to push the closed garage door button. And it's it, like PS1 graphics. About, yeah. Ish. And it's it's 
pretty well done. I was, I was, uh, I was pretty impressed. I was also just impressed that like they got the Unity WebGL exporter to work, but maybe they, maybe that's better now than when I tried to use it. But except that the guy who made this said never again is he going to try to <laughs> make WebGL work. So yeah, it's always like it works way better than it you would have any reason to expect that it would, but it's still not good enough to use for anything. Right. That was it. You played one minute of video games. I played one minute of that game, uh, and I played. It's it's free, and and I uh, I also totally recommend it. It's, yeah, it's, it's just it's, a very, I liked it a lot. It's a real neat little tiny experience. I played some Titanfall two, hmm. which is a game that I had checked out because I had heard that it has interesting plat like parkour platformer mechanics and also a time travel level like cracking the slab from Dishonored. Yeah. Um. And I didn't get far enough to check out the time travel. Like I, um, I didn't think the so th th you put this game in the in the di in the drive, and so first of all, it has to patch like every other game. But like then it starts playing this opening cutscene, which is like a a a poem written to how badass you, about how badass the player is. It's like. The the most beautiful thing on the battlefield is the mech pilot. Yeah, it's <laughs> elegant it's, it's yet restrained. Fucking embarrassing. Violent yet explosive. The, the, you say <laughs> you know this you know this poem? Yeah. No, I I actually I forgot to talk about it, but I played through I think like half of the Titanfall two single player campaign within the last couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Um Did you get to that time travel? Level? I did, yeah. Well I'll I'll ask you about that in a minute. Okay. Um I didn't think the parkour, like, I didn't think the the parkour was very good. Like, the wall run, you kind of push a wall run button, and then it magnets you to the wall and plays a fixed arc, which doesn't, like, take into account, like, your velocity going into the run at wall, into the wall run at all. So it felt very, like, this is playing an animation as opposed to this is, like, this feels like me actually doing this motion. But the real problem was just, like, and, and this is like, this is going to be obvious if you've listened to me talk about video games for the past year. But like, um, after the Christchurch shooting, there was a representative of YouTube who's, who made a statement about how the reason that like the, the machine learning algorithms they have can't, uh, catch this, the sort of video that, uh, was posted is that it's indistinguishable from video game video. And like, especially with that statement in mind, like I just cannot, like I, I I can't like play a game where I just massacre a bunch of people and then feel good about it. Did you watch the Christchurch? No, I didn't. Yeah, okay, that's. Uh, and it's just like that's that's just where I am now. Um, so I, I feel like in that game you're mostly shooting robots. Well, I. I think they're just people wearing robot-looking hel helmets. Oh. Unless I misinterpreted it. Maybe later on they're robots. I guess there were dudes in the first in the first mission. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd, maybe I'd misinterpreted that, but, like, you were definitely shooting people with weird-shaped heads, but then, like, I maybe I misinterpreted it, but, the, like, then there were just people there, and I assumed it was because they had taken off their helmet. Mm. Anyway, um, tell me about this, this time travel stuff. Oh, uh, I... So, the... 
I had bounced off the campaign. I bought it because people said, oh, yeah, the, the single player campaign is really good. Uh, it feels like they had a there was like an internal game jam where they had people make a level to s- try to figure out like, hey, what should the gimmick of this video game be? And then everybody came up with their own gimmick and then they just stitched all of the they like f- built out as a final level, each of the prototypes. And then that was what the campaign was, Hmm. which I have no idea if that's really true or not. Um, There's one, there's a level right before the time travel level that was really clever where you are in this weird, you're in like a factory that's building these fake towns and you're the, the like concrete slabs that it's building houses on are going through this like massive factory and on these conveyor belts. So like sometimes they're vertical and sometimes they're horizontal. And so you're like, sometimes like you got to find somewhere where the South wall has been built so that when it flips over, you'll be standing on solid ground on the wall. And that it was just like neat and large scale. And it's all just like shooting people bullshit. Right. Like, and it's not, you find guns and it's like, man, I guess I'm supposed to know something about these guns, but it like doesn't ever, I feel like shooters have just lost me because however it is that like, I guess I kind of know like, okay, if if you have a, if somebody's close to you, use a shotgun. If somebody's at medium range, whatever that means, use an assault rifle. If somebody's really far away, use a sniper rifle, I guess, except that I don't know what any of those ranges mean. And unless a thing says assault rifle on it, I can't tell the difference between an assault rifle and something that's not an assault rifle. And like, they're all like, all of the guns are just noise. There's nothing like when you're in the mech or the Titan, there are different loadouts that you can have on it. And that actually seems like it varies up your playstyle. Some like they have different strengths and different ways of interacting with, you know, the the main thing that happens in this game, which is just a big gunfight with 50 dudes. Uh, But anyway, the time travel level, uh, you essentially just get a key. It's it's like it's somewhat like uh, a crack in the slab from Dishonored 2 because you're going through a like populated peacetime version of a space and then a totally destroyed mostly on fire uh version of it in the present um and it's just cool you have to do a bunch of stuff where it's like you're like falling and switching back and forth between time zones to avoid hazards in in one but you can't stay in in that because of different hazards it's like in the past they turned on all the odd numbered fans and in the present (laughs) they turned on all the even numbered fans or some (laughs) some similarly contrived bullshit like that but um but no it was really neat and i and then you end up in this kind of cool time in this like place where time is kind of stopped the closer you get to this thing that you're supposed to go scan or whatever it's a it's all uh it's all real nonsense story wise stuff. I, I don't know. It's it made me not ever want to play that uh their battle royale that <laughs> people were excited about a, two weeks ago at least. Um no, the the idea of having a bunch of internal jams to produce your level design ideas probably is is pretty good is my guess yeah it seemed neat i i then i got to a couple levels past that and then just i think and this happened a lot 
it's got the kind of level design that like the second new Wolfenstein game had where I'm just lost all the time. Mm. Um, and so I just, I feel like I probably quit playing because I couldn't make progress even on easy, not because I couldn't like shoot enough dudes in the face, but because I just couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. Right. Also like, I never really got the hang of the wall running. And so every time there was a section where you had to do that, like where there was level design that showed that off, it would take me like 10 tries. And like the levels are all such that if they're just instant kill pits <laughs> that right. just rewind you to a checkpoint, usually right before the pit, it's not like a huge deal, but it's just like annoying to have to wait to fall off the world. And then, yeah, it, th- that's that section is supposed to make you feel good about how badass you are and yeah. not, be annoyed about how badass you're not. I should have known like there, it starts you out. The tutorial for the game is also like a weird speed run challenge thing. Like when you do the tutorial, you're then presented with a leaderboard of how long it took other people to do the tutorial. And it's all like 1% as long as it took you. Right. (laughs) They're like, huh? Well, that, that's not, that wasn't their first time through. No, (laughs) certainly not. But like the fact that it's possible to do so much better than you did the first time leads me to believe like, oh, this game has a really high skill ceiling and I have a really low skill. (laughs) So, uh, well, that's what easy for easy is for though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't quick. They can't make the jumps easier. Yeah. They can't. That's the, that's the thing. What if there was a slider that was just for all the jumps (laughs) and it just like inceptioned the, the world into, yeah. Um, or, or just makes your, make your jumps bigger. Oh, okay. Or just like, that's okay. That's an easier way to do it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's but it's a, less cool. Yeah, it's true. It would be less, less cool from a technology perspective. Uh, and I played, uh, so, uh, April's been playing a bunch of Breath of the Wild and we were looking into whether or not we cared about the DLC or not. I had decided like back like a year ago that I did not. Um, doesn't Link get a hog? Uh, I think that's yeah. At the at like the end of the second bike. DLC, yeah. you you get a motorcycle. Um, but the the thing that I mentioned to her was the uh, the feature where you can have an overlay on the map showing you where you've been in the world. And I think she just decided that that was worth twenty dollars by itself. Hmm. That, so she that just feature that. is really nice. Yeah. Right. I I, I agree. Um. And then, like, she started playing some of the DLC content just, you know, because we had it. Uh, the, what, well, I think we were playing Trials of the Sword. The, anyway, it's, it's like a, a series of combat challenges, which is the main, like, and so is the second DLC, so I hear. Um, which is the main reason I didn't care about it, because, like, the combat in that game is not great. Uh, but, Having played the combat challenges, um, it actually feels, uh, I think it makes the combat better, like, because you are engaging with it in a more meaningful way than you normally do. And so I played through the first set of, of challenge rooms and the way it works is you, uh, you start out with no items and you, so you have to, and so they have like very tight control over in the level design over what items you can expect to have at any given point. And so they can tune the combat difficulty to, uh, to match that really well. And so like it, it actually feels like, uh, it actually feels like a, a challenge that is designed as opposed to like the main game, which is just you, you either just, uh, 
completely destroy anything you run into or you are destroyed by it 90% of the time because you're either in an area that is too easy or too difficult for you. Uh, and so that was, I don't know, I still don't think it was worth 20 bucks, but um, better than I thought it would be. Cool. Is that it? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I played, well, right before we recorded, I played maybe like an hour of The Witness because uh, The Witness is the game that is free for this Fortnite on the Epic Store. On the free for this store. Fortnite player, am I right? Huh. Do you suppose I, that's why they're doing, the, they're doing the two-week exclusivity is because it's a Fortnite? Uh, I don't know. It occurred to me when I said it to Jim, because I was I was just describing two weeks as a Fortnite to be cute, and then I realized, oh, wait, it's the Epic Store. Right. Yeah. God. In case, uh, in case you needed another reason to hate people who play video games, the... Rhetoric surrounding any Epic Store exclusive is, uh, woof. <laughs> huh. People are real pissed off for no reason. I mean, I guess if you consider the Chinese government installing a camera in the house of every gamer, no reason. <laughs> anyway, uh, The Witness is pretty good. Yeah, I like I that think. a lot. I think it's a good, it's a good video game. Um. I don't specifically remember. I mean, it's not the kind of game that you're going to remember the solutions to puzzles, but like not having to have any of the insight and having a pretty clear like memory of the way a lot of the rules worked and stuff and how the island was laid out kind of is making it is making it. I made a bunch of progress. I have no idea if I will keep playing it or not. I was just like, oh, the witness. I haven't played the witness in a while. I wonder what that feels like now. And it feels like what I'm going to do instead of working for the next two hours, apparently. Um, I also played a bunch of a game called Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. I've seen a lot of of like uh, footage of that. I think uh, Tom Francis has been posting a bunch on Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know how. So I had been following this guy on Twitter for like a year because he was just posting these GIFs. I had no idea that it was even a game that he was working on. It, it was just like these GIFs of these simulations that he was setting up. It is it is a game. Oh, is it the red guys where, and the blue guys game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so eager for it's, that. It looks so much fun. It is. It's um. So basically, it's just there's all these guys that are very heavily physics simulated to the point where it's like sometimes they can't really move right um and there are a bunch of different military units and you just set up these huge battles where each of them are simulated and they try to attack each other and like they i I don't know a lot of them end up falling off the cliffs and stuff and it's very funny it's just a sort of a procedural hilarious violence engine slapstick Um, but it's not like yeah it's yeah it's real slapstick yeah um he would just post gifs of like, here's a guy suddenly getting hit with 200 spears at once. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. And like, you can absolutely just create that now on from the comfort of your own chair. Um, there's a long, to call it a campaign is kind of generous. There are scenarios where it's like, here's this army that you're going to face. Here's the number of points that you have available to you to buy units with. And here's the units that you can buy. And so sometimes they're kind of puzzly like hoping for like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. 
sometimes they're like, well, you can only put one unit in here. So what unit do you think is going to be able to beat these two guys? Uh, hmm. and often it's, often it's just like, well, hmm, none of them are really well suited for it. Uh, so maybe I'll just try one until it gets lucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a little bit of a bummer, but it's in, it's an early access. So the campaign is like super not finished, uh, but it's, it's, it's a really, really delightful little thing. I would, I would, I would say that it is still more in kind of toy territory than game territory. Although it is, you do have to beat each of these scenarios before you get, get access to the next one. So I guess a toy that requires you to be good at playing with it, before you can before you're allowed to play with the next part of it that is what a fucking video game is <laughs> so um maybe it's a video game uh i've also been playing uh off and on for the last couple of days a game that i think steam's algorithm just recommended to me called i hate this game which is do you remember there was a studio or maybe just like a person who made some games on congregate. And I want to say this was maybe 10 or 12 years ago, which were you're like an elephant jumping around on single screen platformer levels. And there's just weird kind of puzzly gimmicks to try to figure out. What's that? Yeah, 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 exactly. And that there is no, there was one called like, there is no exit or there is no game or something. Um, this is kind of like that. Uh, you're just like a little pixel guy and you, uh, your goal is to get from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. It's like a black and white pixel graphics, very low res. Um, but that every level, there's just like some gimmick, like every level it works differently than the previous ones. And there's some like little puzzle to solve or some kind of trick you got to do. Um, it's like, there's one level where it's suddenly you're, uh, you're in a like a first person controller running like doing a bunch of sort of jumping first person jumping puzzles to get from one side of the level to the other which is suddenly 3D like it it seems like i don't know that it's going to go like full pony island or whatever but it's it's yeah it's it's clever it's like one of those things you know like a not prawn or a planetarian planetarium yeah what was that yeah, you know, like the web, a web, ages. a web page where, a web page where you solve a puzzle to get the URL for the next web page, and then yeah, so on and, and so forth. Um, although Planetarium yeah, anyway, was, on a, I, was on a, a time schedule, they like emailed you the link for the next one or something. And I guess that's it. It has not been very long. <clears throat> oh, I finished blood. I didn't finish Bloodlines. I got most of the way to the end of bloodlines and then remembered that in order to finish <clears throat> bloodlines you have to go through the end game sequence which is just a fucking giant maze with hundreds of identical dudes for you to kill and i just uh stopped and watched all the endings on youtube <laughs> instead <laughs> but i feel like i once again got my fill of that sweet sweet human blood speaking of which there's one really long combat sequence towards the end where you're I'm almost sure that it is a r totally reused set of levels with just different enemies in them that is pretending that it's in a different building. Uh, but it's so long and there are so many difficult combats in it and there's not really like the notion of health 
pickups. Like the way that you recover your health in this game is by feeding on sort of non-aggressive humans. And so every few rooms, there's just like some like fratty looking guy just standing there who's clearly got some like AI thing turned on so that he's not running away from the enemies or you. So they just stand there so that you can just go feed on them and recover your health. Every few rooms on just these like just guys that are standing there and they're not like you're in a place where vampires live so they could be like chained up you know like for the diegetic vampires to feed on but nope this was just like somebody was in the tiny amount of playtesting that they had time for on this they were like ugh, oh well fuck it let's just put a guy here that you can feed on they're all the same guy they didn't have time to model any chains they had like they had a bunch of models that were like chopped up corpses chained to walls in fact i think that's what's at the bottom of that hotel is like this weird charnel pit with rivers of blood flowing around in it surrounded by chopped up chained up corpses i feel like if this game is from an era when you could have just kit bashed like if you put the ch- chained up, chopped up corpses on the wall, and then like just on- spawned on top of that one of these dudes, but in T pose, it would basically look like he was chained up. Yeah, it's probably true. Well, you should go back and tell 2004 era Troika that. This is why I, I would be really good at making really cheap video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poorly produced video games on a budget. Yeah. Hmm. Jim, I have an idea for a career that you could pursue. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the one I already have? Yeah, something something like that. Okay, yeah. Shall we talk about our assignment? <clears throat> Jesus Christ, I am sorry, listeners, for the constant throat clearing. I don't know what my deal is. I do know what my deal is. I have congestion of the throat. Should we talk about our assignment? Sure. Baba is you. Let's do it. Baba is you is a doom clone. It's a Soko. It's a Soko bond. Like it's a, it's a Soko bond game where uh, part of the level that you are pushing around is blocks that are words. And uh, so like Baba is you means that the thing on the screen that is Baba is what is moving around when you uh, operate the controls. Something has to be you or the level ends. Uh, but if you push, you know, turd is you in, if you push turd in where Baba was, then if there's a turd on the level, that becomes you. Yep. Or if there's five, you, they or, all become or you. Or if you push wall into that sentence, then all of the walls on the screen become you simultaneously. Yep. Yeah, and it's, so it's, it's a game with a fixed set of levels that are all about figuring out the weird interactions of the rules that occur when any rule or any property can be applied to kind of any object uh, that the geometry of the level also controls which words are sort of actionable, mm-hmm. actable upon yeah, and look, in the like level. The, the uh, and are often where... a clue. Yeah. Once something is against a wall, you're never getting it away from that wall. Right. So, um, so all the rules unless that are you can, in the corners are, are immutable. Unless you can remove the, the rule that makes the wall solid. That's right. true. Yeah. Or you can make rules that the text can be destroyed or pulled. There's pull as a verb as, as well as push sometimes. Yeah. Which makes everything into corrupt. 
which was just like that was enough of a variation on Sokoban that I was never able to solve most of the levels. No, now that you've got experience dealing with it here, you can go back to Corrupt. Uh, yeah, maybe I'd be better at Corrupt. Although I think I watched a video to see what the turn was. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know really, because I feel like we talked about this a, a little bit when when we were helping test it, Kevin and I. It's very, very good, although I think at this point I'm stuck on like nine different levels and I have stopped for a long time. I would play until I got stuck on something and then I would try all of the other levels that I was stuck on and then I would just quit. And then when I came in the following day, the first time I played it, I would solve another couple levels and then get stuck on a couple more levels. And then I kept making progress like that. But I've been stuck on the same like eight or nine levels for I don't know, five days now. That, so I that's think I kind of where done. I am is I've got like 12 or 16 different puzzles waiting to be solved. And every day I log in to see if my brain figured out one of them while I was sleeping. <laughs> and that I definitely found myself unlock another one that I can't solve. So like I, I would think I would like get to a level that I would be stuck on and I would like walk away from it and I would just sit there and try to solve it in my head, which on most of the levels, there are few enough things going on that I would occasionally be like, huh, I wonder what happens if you try this thing that I haven't tried, and I would go back to it, and that would be the solution. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it, it, is, it is just remarkably beautiful in the way that everything sort of works together. Yeah, yeah. And There's some yeah, really surprising like the- stuff that happens, too. There's There's some stuff that that I assumed was just going to be a funny Easter egg, but it opened up a whole new, like, area, basically. Area. A whole new, like, yeah. system of stuff. Like, the the fact that on the main map, it has the rules Baba is you and flag is win down in the corner of the map. That's that's not just for fun. That's meaningful. Nope. <laughs> And, yep. and and right. the way that that eventually articulates is extremely weird and surprising. <laughs> and great, yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, on the thing that that opens up, there are a bunch of additional rules, which also mean things. Uh, it's so good. I it saw that keeps... somebody had successfully implemented the game of life in yeah. Baba yeah. is You. <laughs> which means wow. that Baba is You is turning complete. I think that means it's Turing complete, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so great. Um, I don't actually know. Don't you have to be able to implement the game of life on, an on a large field. enough it needs field? To to, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. So. Not, so nothing is Turing complete. Sure. You're, you're making a bunch of insert. Or everything is Turing complete infinity. on an infinite frictionless plane. Right. <laughs> the the number of uh, surprising things that unlock in this game is just really pleasing. Um, and just how much of it there is. I, when I was beta testing it, I, I only got like halfway through. I'm still not, I'm still not done. I, I just, uh, I had been stuck on a couple things and knew that there was some secret that I needed to get through. And I finally like unlocked that today and it just unlocks a whole new area. So I'm just, it, I think it just keeps going. <laughs> I've only unlocked one of the gates. I'm at like 60 puzzles solved and that's it. Yeah, I think there are over it's 200. 
Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I think I might. I think I might be done. Like I, I got to one that I remember when I got to while we were testing it. I, I was like, all right, Kevin, I think I'm officially just like stuck on this. Can you explain to me how to do it? It's the one with the there's like a line of UFOs moving back and forth mm-hmm. and you have to do something about like making it so that empty space is solid. But wow. I didn't understand it even when you walked me through it. And so I couldn't reproduce my solution. Uh, yeah. This time it's yeah, it it gets it fucking goes it goes places that I don't understand. There's a, and a lot of times it's like it would it would be of almost no value except where there are maybe levels that I would be able to solve that are gated by one that I can't. There right. is almost no value in a walkthrough because I won't yeah. necessarily understand yeah, exactly. why the solution like was the solution function in the witness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think you would definitely do harm to yourself if you move forward without understanding how you got where you got because they will the game will often reference the same style of interaction in a different guys later on. Yeah. Um, well, I think the the exception to that might be that the the levels that are teaching you a, a specific new mechanic or a mechanic that that it's trying to demonstrate to you exists as a as a corollary of what you know already but that you might not realize yet and so like if you uh i was stuck for a long time on the one where you have to say um something and baba is you and i didn't realize the and could go on that side of the is Hmm. and so that was something that i i just learned by watching a youtube video that i could just okay i can just apply this yeah, forward. and that is comprehensible. So I guess yeah, if it's if you're stuck on one of what he probably considers the like tutorial right levels, but which for, are just as easy to get stuck on because they're the ones that are like demonstrating a new concept like that is also requiring you to have a new and unique insight. Right. Is so I've I've been playing it on the Switch. Is there a level editor on the PC that's readily available, or is that something that you have to unlock? And is that does anybody know? I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe there, there might be. There's. I know there's some other things on the main menu that I haven't gone to. Maybe that's one of them. I wonder. If I feel like I it would be a spoiler a... to look at a level editor. Yeah, maybe. There are some things later on that I'm. I. I, I really do wish you would get to because they're so interesting and clever. There are levels where yeah, you, I mean, you have a lot of just letters that you get to rearrange and you can make new different words and stuff out of them, which is cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Well, maybe maybe when you're back here and we're in the same office together day after day, working together like buddies, like in the <laughs> old days before you before you moved to New Zealand, uh, I can just call you over and... Kevin, solve this for me. Like I do with all of my problems. <laughs> um, okay, so our next assignment is a game called, the, is it The World Next Door? I believe so. I realized after having this conversation with you last week that I did know what game you were talking about. I just forgot that that's what it was called. I see. Um, okay. This is a game that we played and I talked about a little bit on an episode, I think after South by, was it at South by Southwest or was it at that um, dream, at hack. dream hack? I think it was a dream hack. 
DreamHack, the other thing that I can't remember the name of ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah so these are some some friends of ours uh, from uh, the Portland Indie Games Squad, right? It's, I think it's Rose City Games did did this. Rose City Games, but they're, they're affiliated. That group with the is more or less uh, overlaps significantly. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I, it, it's got some like visual novel stuff that I think they were not demoing, but it is also like has a, a cool, uh, it's, it's like puzzle game combat, not match three exactly, but like something sort of like that, but it is in real time. Like you're moving around on the grid, interacting with the grid. Hmm. Uh, and That's I cool. remember really liking it a lot. Uh, when I played their demo that they had, and it was like very, very new. They're, like the the what story there was might have just totally not existed yet, mm. and all they had was like a combat prototype. But it felt felt pretty juicy. Love that juice. Multiple <laughs> colors of juice. It's like drinking a rainbow, <laughs> a rainbow of ludic satisfaction. <laughs> uh, before we finish up, I wanted to bring up. I'm pretty sure that the the frog fractions limited run thing isn't sold out yet so if you're if that's the sort of thing you're into oh yeah you can go to limitedrungames.com is it maybe i don't know just search for it and then you can pay a bunch of money and get a box with frog fractions 2 in it i and, bought one and oh yeah, cool thank you too. and the box is i i think a pretty funny weird piece of art it's funny that they announced that on April 1st, and then it yeah, was... I wonder how many people bought it thinking that it was a joke. But th- that I'm going to give and then, you this and money. And then it charged their credit card $50. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the prank is that we're actually going to take your money and actually give you the product. Mm. <laughs> a better prank would be to take the money and <laughs> not prank. give them a product. <laughs> right. All you were shown on the store page was a GIF of this. I don't know what you thought you were buying, but here's your GIF. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, and do you want to give any previews of of what's inside? Does it say what's inside? It says what's inside. I, I this was something that that Riff pointed out that like the the tips and tricks floppy disk is just a a unlabeled disk. Like I so that's a um one of the one of the one of the feelies in the in the box is a a floppy a three and a half inch floppy with a fac for Glittermitten Grove on it, and this is something that I had written like maybe a year ago, just kind of as a brain dump to get to document the game as thoroughly as I could while it was still in my head before it started leaving my head. Uh, but I wrote it in the, the GameFAQ house style of like uh, a 16-year-old very excited about <laughs> about all the legal ramifications for you misusing the fact. Yeah. Um, and I actually tried to upload it to GameFAQ, but they wouldn't take it. Uh, and the reason they gave was just the word boxing. Um, <laughs> and I never figured out what that meant. So now I'm putting it on this floppy disk instead. It's, it's oh, weird because, because you, would have to, you had like to put it in joke. the box. They wanted you to put it in the box, Jim. Oh, that's clearly <laughs> okay. it. Yeah. yeah. It, so... It seems like that's a joke that someone would make if they were aware of your work and liked yeah. you, but that the kind of person that would make that joke in that way doesn't seem like the kind of person that would reject your submission of a Yeah. Like if they was... rejected it and then accepted it anyway. Yeah, I thought about that too and I was like 
I don't know. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird interaction to sort of have. Maybe it just wasn't good enough. Yeah. It, it, and honestly, like, and I wrote it as a, I mean, it, it's really a fact, but I wrote it in a very tongue in cheek style. Um, and so like, maybe it read as a joke. I don't know. But so then, if I, how, if when my copy arrives, instead of me buying a three and a half inch floppy drive, wait, I thought you had can one. Can you just send me that? text file sure no i have a yeah. five and a quarter now oh. <laughs> yes i can i can just email you the text file. actually i could buy i could buy a three and a half inch floppy drive probably way cheaper than the than the five and a quarters that i got i would only need to buy one instead of buying two that were the wrong kind before buying one that was the right kind hey does anybody want some useless five and a quarter inch floppy drives i will sell them to you not very cheaply <laughs> uh I'm going to get to find out if the the uh, floppy drive in my old Mac Plus sitting here still works. <laughs> but anyway, the controller that I bought will drive a three and a half inch floppy drive because it's the same controller. But I'm not. Can, will you just send me the text file? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I could also lend you my three and a half uh, inch USB floppy drive. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's- don't need to worry about controllers. Yeah, I guess that's true. I wouldn't buy one of those, though. It would be cheaper to buy an old three and a half inch disc to use with the controller I already have. Right. But Jeff, anybody ever needs to get a five and a quarter inch floppy drive working on a modern PC? I know a lot about how to do that now. So, is there still op- operating system support? Uh sort of there no i guess is the actual okay, answer right. to that i had to buy a, a custom piece of hardware that just mounts as a usb device and then there's a piece of software that lets you read stuff and image it and copy stuff out as files but you can't i don't think that there is anything that allows windows 10 to just mount a five and a quarter inch floppy drive as a storage device right um Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I'd like to say I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 366 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, but I've been real out of it. I don't know if I was enjoying myself or not. But I can assume, but I can I assume that I was because yourself. I normally really enjoy hanging out with you fellers. The crab pod time. And listeners, always. I hope you had a good time too. I bet you didn't, but I hope you did. And I hope you'll join us next time on Video Games Hot Dog. Kakabu Bubalaya. Have a great week, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night.